What do you think? Happy couples don't argue or that it's normal to become bored with your spouse or you don't need to talk about your relationship? Well, those are some of the myths that I'm going to dispel here tonight on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen. I am a registered nurse. I am hosting this show for you this evening. I come to the airwaves every Sunday evening. It is always my pleasure to do so. Uh, How are you, everybody? I hope all is going well in your lives and especially in your love lives. Tonight on the program, I have a uh, number of different subjects that I'm going to address, largely in relation to relationships first i'd like to welcome back luke to the technical production side oh thank you how are you i'm very well how are you i'm well thank you nice to see you oh again. nice always nice to see you maureen yeah thanks for all your help especially with the songs tonight oh You're, thank uh, you <laughs> you haven't heard what i picked yet though so hold on <laughs> wasn't it my choice you picked a couple <laughs> but i got a couple of other breaks that'll surprise you so. okay no control okay not nothing unusual uh, back to it. Anyway, thanks so much, Luke. It's always great to have you here with me as well on Sunday evenings. Hope you're having a great evening out there. We've got lots of different uh, subjects tonight planned for the show, but I did want to read an email first, which I thought was so nice. And, you know, one good turn deserves another, I think, anyway. So here's the email. Hi, Maureen. Thank you very much for the V-Love being held for me at the reception at the station. However, with my work schedule and living in Maple Ridge, it doesn't look like I could pick it up anytime soon. So it might be best to put it back in the prize pool. I think you do a great service with your show and you do it very well. My wife does suffer with the symptoms you describe on your show and V-Love is the best product we have tried to date. It works very well and after 40 odd years together, we didn't want to lose the closeness we feel with that part of our relationship. Thanks again for a great show, Bill. Well, you know, Bill, I'm actually going to send it out to you, okay? So uh, I will email you after the show and uh, get your address, and I will send that V-Love out to you because I thought that was such a nice gesture on your part. And, Bill, you get me. This is a service that I provide, a sex service of sorts, if you will. Uh, But also I am going to, at your suggestion, Bill, I'm going to throw the V-Love back into the prize package or the prize pool, as you say. Um, and so I have a tube of V-Love to give out to you if you want to give me a call. The number to call is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. The lines are open. You can call me with your sex question or comment if you like. And uh, you got to talk to me, though. Uh, you don't have to be afraid of me. Anyway, <laughs> I'm mostly afraid of you. Um, but also, I have another prize to give out tonight because I'm just feeling generous tonight. And I actually thought, which is really not much different from every other day of the week, people say if I ever win the lottery, I'll be giving it all away. Anyway, um, but I have this fabulous, I was going through my website and I, this jewel, bejeweled or jewel-like, it's like a diamond-shaped vibrator. And um, I'm... It's called a bijou, and it's. I'm going to give one of those out to the fourth caller tonight on the program. So you can give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. If you want to win the V-Love, give me a call. 
And we've got lots of great subjects coming up on the program tonight. So I'm going to talk about some of those myths about relationships. You ever look at couples and you think, oh my gosh, they have it all. They have it all going on. They are the perfect couple. They are the happiest. They never argue. Let me tell you, that is not good. That is a relationship that is devoid of passion, in my opinion. And I'll get to that a little bit down the road. But first of all, I'm going to talk to Mike, who I do believe is on the line. Hello, Mike. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Fine, thank you. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah, I have a problem I'm very embarrassed to talk about. Is that, uh, like, uh, I'm just wondering, like, that's, like, uh, our intimate uh, is not doing too great right now because I'm, I'm getting off a little bit too quick. Now, then what can I do about that? Oh, a little bit of premature ejaculation? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's a very common problem, you know. Yeah. And there are many different things that you can do about that, starting with mindfulness may be helpful. There generally anxiety belies that condition. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there's also medications. There's also a start and stop approach as well, uh, where you're getting close and then you want to yeah. stop yeah. Um, the stimulation. Yeah. So there are a number of different things. Um, you can read that in further detail on my website, which is www.backtothebedroom.ca. And plus, uh, I'm leaking sometimes, too. Leaking urine? Yeah. I, again, it can be a result of overactive bladder. Uh, yeah. You can have with or without urinary incontinence with that. But you want to keep away from bladder irritants. You want to make sure you drink enough water-based fluid so your urine is clear. Dilute yeah. urine is less irritating to the bladder. You want to do your Kegel exercises. They are important for men as well as women. Yeah. We generally associate those with women. But also, it'd probably be a good idea to go off to your doctor and get a proper diagnosis. We also yeah. have the Elise TENS device, which is uh, excellent for urinary incontinence in men yeah. and in women. You can you can get that at my, on my website, or you yeah. can get it at Mark's Pharmacy. So there are devices that can be used, Kegel exercises, yeah. um, life strategies as well. Uh, and what about the V-Love? You won it. I won it? Yeah, I think you did. Okay. All right, so, so if you want to leave your information with uh, Luke, we'll uh, yep. send that out to you, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, you're welcome. All right. And now I have Ken on the line. Hello, Ken. Hi, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Not bad. I listen to your show sometimes, and I thought, well, you know what? Uh, <laughs> interesting. I had, I had a, a, a little thought. <coughs> I'm over 60, but I find that... If you work out a lot and you're in very good shape, uh, your libido seems to be pretty active. So I, I, I think I think being healthy and in good shape physically seems to affect your sex life. Absolutely. Have I not been preaching that on the program for the last three years? You're, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. Have you have you taken that advice or was that your own idea? Well, no, I, I, I took your advice, but I, I am in very good shape. I had a lot of friends my age and they don't seem to be... How can I put it? Uh, they don't seem to be too interested. In looking after themselves or exercising, well, eating well? It's a first sex. Not so much looking after oh, themselves. Oh, do they have low desi- low sexual desire? Yeah, they do. Yeah. I, I think I think a lot of it might be that if you're you know, if you're 100 pounds overweight and you don't do any exercise, uh, probably that, that could have, you know, it's going to have an effect on you. 
you are absolutely correct. And you know what? I Honestly, you've read my mind, but that is one of the subjects on the show tonight is low sexual desire in men because that's a big shame for men. We expect it in women. Women almost rejoice when they have low sexual desire, but not men. And it's actually more common than you know. It's about one in five or 20% of men will have low sexual desire. And there's a number of different reasons. And I'm going to review that on the program tonight. Interesting, because I have a lot of friends who are my age, a little older, a little younger. You know, a lot of them don't, you know, are married and they've got girlfriends. A lot of them really don't have much in the way of, of sexual activity. And I, I think a lot of it is due to the fact that they're, I don't know what it is. They're, they're just not, uh, I, I think a lot of it has to do with hydraulics. Because usually, probably, usually guys sit around and talk about how great they are in bed and how much sex they're having, whether they are or not. So well, they're, they're actually of, disclosing this to you? Yeah, a lot <laughs> of guys that your are saying, <laughs> well, I think what I think, I think what it is is I got divorced recently, and I've been dating, and I seem to meet some lovely young women, a lot of them younger than me, but, <clears throat> excuse me, but a lot of them are <clears throat> sexually active, and I don't have a problem with that at all. But a lot of my friends are saying, well, geez, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't seem to be interested. That's what they're telling me. And I'm saying, well, geez, maybe you should speak to a doctor. But a lot of them blame their partners. But I think sometimes it you know, takes two to tango. Absolutely, or not. And, you know, there yeah. there can be issues with the partners. There can be uh, if the partner has gained a lot of weight or perhaps they're not as attracted to the partner as they once were. Um, or perhaps there's an emasculation issue going on there. It can be physiological. It can be testosterone levels. It can be poor blood flow. It can be depression. So there are so many reasons for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. You're giving them great advice. Maybe you want to co-host the show. <laughs> I don't know. My plumbing's working okay. And I, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, with being in shape. I really do, you know. I agree with you because it's about blood flow. The more you exercise, the better your serotonin, the better better mood you have, better sleep, and also increasing um, the blood flow through your blood vessels. And sex is all about blood flow. That's true. That's right. Thank you. Well, I like talking to you. That's very interesting. <laughs> well, listen, um, you're giving great advice to send them to their doctors. You can also have them listen to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Relentless <laughs> self-promotion there. Wow, you slipped that in pretty well. I can't help myself. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your call, Ken. Take care. You too. Have a good evening. Okay, well, that's fantastic because I actually, great minds think alike. I'm going to be talking about low libido in men and the solutions for low libido tonight on the program. In addition to that, I'm going to be talking about, is this the end of marriage? Does our society just not work with marriage anymore? And is sex with another person the only way somebody can cheat on you? I don't think so. And also, Tinder and the hookup culture. What's that all about? You Anyway, when I come back, we're going to talk about all of that. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen. I am your host of the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Uh, it's always great to be here with you. A couple of shout-outs. Um, apparently, Brenda, you were the fourth caller for that uh, diamond shape vibrator that I have to give out. Um, so if you want to call back, uh, we'd love to give that out to you, and you can leave your information with the technical producer, Luke, here. That's one thing. And also, <laughs> I have a little shout-out to... Alpine Stars, <laughs> the guys in the giant red van slash truck. Anyway, um, 
I'm not, I don't think I know you, but you were waving away to me, but this is who I am. Anyway, <laughs> if you're listening, give a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on yourself. If you have any sex questions out there. Um, anyway, I was going to actually roll my window down and say, hey, turn on the radio in about 40 minutes, but... I didn't because I am a little bit shy. But anyway, um, I don't think I know you. But that's I'm like, you were waving away and I waved and I'm like, do I know you? But anyway, nonetheless, you did not go unnoticed in your giant red truck. Uh, I talk a lot about low sexual desire. Uh, I I talk a lot about low sexual desire uh, in women and because it's very common in women. And uh, depending on the age, it can be about 44% of women between the ages of 24 and 44. Now, you don't think of young women as having low sexual desire, and you definitely don't think about men having low sexual desire. But as Ken, who phoned earlier, said, he knows a lot of guys who have low sexual desire. They can't keep up with the young women, apparently. We think of men We think of high sex drive, panting sexual animals. We know what they want. They are the men. You are the woman. You know what they need. And they want it now and right now. Also, physicians and healthcare providers see men as sexual automatons, quite honestly. They automatically think because men are hardwired to have sex, People think they automatically, I've made the mistake myself. I have men come in to see me in my clinical practice and they will talk about their sexless relationship or their sexless marriage. And I'm assuming that they're talking about the low sexual desire in their wife or their their wives or in their girlfriends. And they're not. They talk to me about their own low sexual desire. And I have to say, I, I'm so accustomed to hearing it from women that I don't think about it in men so much, but I definitely know that it does occur. A, a lot of men will come into my clinical practice and talk to me about the low sexual desire of their wives or of their girlfriends and or not even wanting to have sex ever of their wives or their girlfriends. And, and they're, you know, they'll say to me, I'm going to blow somebody's head off. Um, as long as it's not mine, we're okay. But uh, this is men have certain biological needs and drives, so that is very common. But it's not uncommon that I see these patients, and about one in five men have low sexual desire, and they would almost rather do anything other than have sex. They're okay with the intellectual relationship that they might have, or the emotional connection that they might have with their female partner, but that's it. It doesn't go any further. And I also hear from a lot of women who are in relationships with men who will not have sex with them. And when they get over the fact that it's not really about them, it's not about the woman necessarily, uh, and that their husband or boyfriend has low sexual desire, they have needs themselves. Women actually do like to have sex. There's, a, you know, two or three out there. Um, but they will actually find sex elsewhere, keep the relationship going, keep the marriage going, because finances play a role and children play a role and in-laws and community and jobs and the whole thing, and we, we need affirmation. Um, so they don't, people don't like to leave their relationships or their marriages, especially today. Because of the finances is a, is a big reason people don't like to leave. Um, but 
about 30% of women say they have more interest in sex than their partner has, which you don't think about that. You think about that it's men uh, that have the high sex drive, but not necessarily. So what's behind low sexual desire? Well, Ken referred a little bit to it. Aging plays a little bit of a role, although it's not having any impact on Ken. And, you know, there's a lot of men that I see in my practice, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and they are still very sexually active, high sex drive. Their wives are waiting for things to settle down, um, and and they don't seem to. Or men will say, when am I ever going to get rid of this uh, this drive, this sex desire that I have? Many older men have robust interest in sex, and so that's actually quite normal as well. But most men are in that normal range. And, you know, it's difficult to say how often it uh, is appropriate or normal. I I don't really like the word normal because nobody's normal, except for me. No, I'm like abnormal, totally. (laughs) Anyway, if you know me, I'm Abby normal. Um, But uh, they're, you know, kind of a range, you know, one or two times a week, depending if your lives, your sex lives are dull and boring, then you're having it one or two times a week. Anyway, <laughs> more than that is way more fun. I do suggest you have more sex. The more sex, the better. It's good for you. It's good for your mood, sleep, pain, stress levels, intimacy, connection with that person. It's fun. Uh, it's it's one of the most important aspects of life. But um, you know, I'm I'm singing to the choir here. I think tonight. But. Um, so these men with low sexual desire, you got to wonder what that's about. Sometimes it's about it was never an aspect of life that was important for anybody who educated them about it. So it was never talked about in the home. It was never thought of. People can have low physical nature, so they're not actually a very sexual person. They don't really like public displays of affection. They don't really feel that need. Other people are highly sexual, perhaps have defined the term or have created the term, self-described, of course, um, but they really can think about it all the time. But those men who do not think about it, often it can be psychological issues. So stress and anxiety play a huge role in low sexual desire in men. Stress and anxiety plays a huge role in a lot of medical conditions or, or relationship or family problems. Depression, mental illness, there are also some of the factors that may affect sexual desire in men. So it's really important to actually get help for stress and anxiety. Anxiety can be paralyzing, and it can really prevent you from enjoying life. Depression also needs to be treated. Uh, there's nothing like walking every single day. Um, 30 minutes of walking is as good as, as, is as, good as any antidepressant for uh, low to moderate depression. And a lot of people don't realize that, but get out and walk. Sometimes it's hard to, if you've got anxiety, it's hard to step over that threshold, but really eventually in time, things will um, improve for you. In a, in a week or two, you'll feel so much better. Medical problems, diseases such as diabetes, conditions like obesity, uh, large abdomen, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, some of the HIV drugs, we've come a long way in terms of the ARVs that treat HIV. Um, but some of them can cause low sexual desire. Some of the hair loss remedies as well uh, will cause low sexual desire in men or erectile dysfunction in men. And some men would rather have hair on their head than have sex. Go figure. But um, And other lots of medications, hypertensive, antihypertensive medications may negatively impact sexual desire in men. The hormonal causes 
testosterone is the main culprit because testosterone is the hormone of desire for men. Some people may say testosterone is the desire hormone for women as well. I don't necessarily disagree because there's not a lot of clinical evidence to support that. But in testosterone levels dip as men age, and actually they're starting to decrease in men. We're seeing that in men in their 30s. There are other causes of low testosterone, and they include chronic disease, other medications, drug use, never good to use recreational drugs, Um, thyroid medications, thyroid hormone, high levels of prolactin, which is a hormone produced in the gland at the base of the brain. I have Mark on the line. Hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. Not there? Oh, we lost your Mark. No. Mark's going to call back after we go to news, actually, Maureen, because we can have a little bit more time with him, if that's okay. Oh, no problem. Because we got to go to news in a minute. I was actually going to ask him to... uh, hang on the line with me. But, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get him. Well, we'll get him back uh, right at right after the news is okay, done. Okay, I look forward to talking to Mark. Low dopamine levels. Sexual desire involves the brain. Of course, that is why the brain is the largest sex organ in your body, and brain's chemical messaging system is intimately linked to sexual desires. And one of those messengers is dopamine. I talk about dopamine on this show. Parkinson's disease patients treated with dopamine stimulating drugs have increased sexual desire. So that's something to think about. Um, so these drugs may help men with low sexual desire as well. So every case of low sexual desire has its own treatment. That's why it's important. You get a diagnosis and I'll give you the prescription. When I come back, we're going to talk to Mark and talk about some other things related to relationships. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Let's make love tonight. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath, host of the CKN or hosting, I should say grammatically correctly (laughs) Uh, hosting the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I'm so glad you're here with me tonight. Uh, It's always so much fun to do this show, share the information I may or may not have. Uh, You can always email me nursetalk at hotmail.com or sextalk at cknw.com. You can always tweet me at back the number two, the bedroom. You can always visit my website for some of the information, www.backtothebedroom.ca. Tonight we're talking a lot about relationships. Just finished up on uh, low sexual desire in men. And um, that can definitely negatively impact a relationship or it may positively impact a relationship if the wife or the woman has low sexual desire as well. Remember, if you don't want to have sex and your partner does not want to have sex with you or anyone else, There is no problem. You do not have a problem. You do not have a sexual dysfunction. Joining me on the line is Mark Smith. Mark has been on this show before, if it is the Mark Smith that I am thinking about. (laughs) And he's a family therapist and divorce coach and counselor. Is that you, Mark? That's me. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. I think this is a fascinating topic. Low sexual desire in men? Well, just because I think that... um uh, we think that men are these macho, ready-to-go kind of uh, beings, and that's true part of the time. But I think that men are highly sensitive to the reactivity or reaction of their partners. And, of course, it doesn't take too much anxiety for men to lose desire or lose their erection, and then it cascades into more and more difficulties. And when you say there's trouble in the relationship, in other words? 
that it can well, be, it, it may be. Are you blaming women for men's bad performance in the bedroom? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds uh, like to me. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I that lingerie that... was a little too tight. I'm a little too anxious about that. <laughs> okay, it's over. No. <laughs> I, would go, I would go totally the other way, and that is that, um, you know, if men can just simply be in their experience and not worry about um, overperforming or, um, you know, I, I, I think I sent you a, a tweet a moment ago about um, an article I saw recently about uh, the influence that pornography has on the neuroscience of sex. And uh, when when men in particular watch or look at too much pornography, it overstimulates their brain. And the article was saying that then in real-time sex, they're not as stimulated as they are when they're watching pornography. And so it has this negative effect on their arousal and on their physiology and of course as soon as men feel like they're not performing they start to lose their erection and then they get very anxious about the moment and how they're doing um and then it leads to this kind of spectatoring uh, experience where they're watching themselves lose their erection which makes them more anxious which makes them more difficult to to perform and then it's downhill and it definitely can be downhill now there is some evidence to support that watching porn for men will increase uh, an erection, will actually improve erection, and it's actually considered to be one of the treatments. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Well, of course, you know, um, human beings tend to want to compare themselves to other human beings. No and, kidding, huh? <laughs> yeah. And so if I, and I was trying to find the article. I couldn't find it, but I think it was talking about for women, they tend to want to recreate the um, the romance or the romance novel kind of uh, experience. Men try and uh, uh, replicate what they see when they're watching pornography, and, and neither is very true to life. And so we set ourselves up for disappointment, as opposed to what you said a few minutes ago, which was simply being in the moment, enjoying the experience, enjoying the pleasure, and not worrying about outcomes so much. I mean, in Western culture, the outcome or uh, penetration and orgasm is sort of the pinnacle of the experience, whereas in other cultures or in other experiences, just being in that kind of sensual experience is what it's about, where, wherever that leads one uh, as a couple. But I think if you peel back the onion a little bit, quite honestly, I, I really believe in the neurochemistry of love and lust. I really yep. think that yep. people are attracted to one another Definitely. and they have great sexual chemistry. And, you know, it's it's right every single time. Um, you know, of course, unless there are some medical conditions that occur or sure. surgery happens or, or something yep. or you're out of town. Um, but I, I really think that good... Uh, chemistry between two people, sexual chemistry, right. is what it takes to, if we had that with every single couple out there, there yeah. would be no CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, <laughs> there would be no sex therapist, there would be no need. Right. And I think a lot of the problems we have are the societal-induced problems because you got to marry somebody from your own culture. you got to marry yep. somebody who balances the checkbook. you got to marry somebody that's of the same religion. My parents don't approve of this person in my life. Uh, my friends don't approve of, of, of him. I yep. like the bad boy, but I can't marry the bad boy. You know, so there's so many pressures. And, and, and I think, and I'm going to be actually talking about the end of marriage. And, and is marriage something that is conducive to the life we lead today. And so many people have married the wrong person. Yep. And, and you find that out when you sit 
in, you know, I'm sure you do in your office. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they were Mr. and Mrs. Right at the time, but then they become very right. wrong. Or maybe they were wrong at the beginning and no amount of therapy or education or information is going to change that for them. Well, couples uh, and individuals evolve over time. So the, the, uh, the person or the couple in year one is going to be different than year 10. And those couples and those people that can adapt and change with, uh, as they grow older will do well. And people that are uh, solid about themselves and solid in their relationships can roll with the punches. And when things aren't working out, they don't take it to heart. They just kind of accept it as part of life. And, and um, I appreciate that. And, and I think that maybe at times... You know, only about 10% of the population self-actualizes. And sometimes yes. the man or sometimes the woman yep. is, is the stronger one and grows and develops and, and has different experiences and is open in different ways. And they change uh, between their 20s and their 30s and 40s. And then yep. they think, if they would they have necessarily married that person in their 40s? And maybe right. they married them in their 20s or in their 30s. Um, and if one grows and develops and the other one doesn't change... It can also account for some of the mismatching that goes on. Um, so I think it's a very complex issue. It is very complex. Yeah, absolutely. But I think if we teach people to marry the right person, the person that you are physically attracted to, and make sex the number one reason for yeah. I, okay, I'm in the field. You're in the field. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm a little biased, but I really think that if you have great sexual chemistry, you can overcome any problem any issue that comes along that gravel road we call life well i think for human beings the sexual relationship whether we're consciously aware of it or not is like a barometer for how the couple is doing um, or at least it can be perceived that way and so if the sex is great then we feel like we're connected and things are going forward but that's only for couples who want to have sex there are a lot of couples who don't want to have sex they are very happy not having sex and they don't have a problem and so it it doesn't meet for every couple. Well, I w- and I would say that very few couples are asexual. Their frequency of sex may be... You need uh, to actually come to my office <laughs> and hear <laughs> about how many couples. Not that they're asexual. Yeah. They are not having sex. They're not having They sex. have not been having sex for a long time. And I'm going to say five weeks is a long time. Uh-huh. I'm going to say a week or two is a long time. Unless, of course, you've had surgery or a medical condition or some yeah, other, yeah. you know, out of town. But I think to take time off from sex for a week or two, you start to separate. The intimacy starts to wash away. And for couples who want to be together and who are together, it is definitely a barometer. But I see patients eight months, eight years, eight, you know, 10 years, a decade, two decades, 15 years, seven years. They want to stay together. They don't think their partner is cheating. There's lots of myths around it. And uh, I mean, I, yeah, I have a pretty big patient base. And so mm-hmm. I would say it's a, you know, it um, gives you a good indicator of the trends. Uh, these people are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. I, I think the 80-year-olds are the ones who are the, mo- the friskiest. <laughs> they, <laughs> they are tickling the pickling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have no problem. Um, but, you know, and I'm, I'm joking, of course. It's all different ages, but... Um, for the people who are not having sex, it's I find it's really common. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, and that's why. And, and and looking at all the millions of reasons why couples are not having sex. Maybe a new baby was born. Okay, that's a reason sure. for not sure. having sex. That's an understandable reason. The, yep. the mom is tired. Um, perhaps the dad is tired as well, getting up uh, at night. Um, so that's a very common uh, time or, you know, surgery or medical conditions. Or yep. But when people say, I am done with sex, I don't want to have sex. If I never have sex again, it'll be too soon. And that's what I see. And it's a, again, it's a secret shame. Uh huh. I, I haven't overwhelmed you, have I? <laughs> no, no. I'm just reflecting on what I see in my practice, and I can't say I've got I have that many people talking about that kind of lack of frequency and being um, sort of okay with that or satisfied with that. One person might be less uh, in, less sexually inclined. The other one, perhaps, if, they may not be saying anything about it, but they're noticing it. And they're wondering about what it, it may not mean anything about the relationship, but they may be wondering about that. Yeah. I mean, um, I had, I have patients and I'll ask them if they're sexually active. And they'll tell me that they're married. And I say, well, that means no to me. And then they, yeah. they start laughing and then they say, well, actually, yeah, you're right. The answer is no. Uh, yeah. More commonly than not. Of course, there yeah. are lots of couples out there having great sex, I am sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're not listening to this show. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but Mark, thank you so much for your uh, comments. I uh, we're going to uh, move on to uh, and the next subject after the break is, uh, what do you think about marriage? Do you think we should continue to marry in this fast-paced, high-tech world in which we're living, where we're actually questioning monogamy and we are living for so long, we're wondering, do you want to actually have sex with the same guy for the next 60 years? I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. We're talking about low libido, relationships, marriage, desire discrepancy, some of the relationship myths out there. Happy couples don't argue. This is a big one. Happy couples argue, I think, because I think it underscores the passion in the relationship and the amount of care you have for the other person and the desire to sort things out and work things out in a relationship. There is this pervasive myth that somehow happy couples just agree on everything. And you've heard those couples before. Oh, they've never argued before. And they are ready and headed for divorce court. Let me tell you that. And oftentimes when I've heard that from people at people I know, I think you are just fooling yourselves. And unfortunately, the the truth has happened and they have in fact gone down that divorce pathway. So if you're not able to find your voice, have your voice, express your feelings, it's actually going to uh, increase the conflict because conflict needs self-expression and contact and differing, va- differing values and beliefs about relationships complicate and often block those attempts to, to create a great partnership together. So don't pretend your relationship is perfect because that's going to lead to a lot of problems. Face your problems, put them on the table, deal with them. Uh, also, again, another myth, you don't need to talk about your relationship. Not true. People who like to avoid conflict love this myth. We all like to avoid conflict. The other thing is spouses or husbands and wives don't need to court each other. So wrong. Yeah, a lot of people think once you're committed, you can relax. 
Relaxing too much can lead to boredom, and that's another big problem, especially in the bedroom. And you can also feel like you're taken for granted. So you want to be very careful about taking somebody else for granted because somebody else might take them away from you, especially if they're not dull and boring. Um, And it's another myth. It's normal to be bored with your spouse. This is a big red flag. And boredom is a sign that spouses are definitely taking each other and the relationship for granted. So you want to keep that. You want to celebrate, especially life's joys and happinesses. And you want to play, especially want to play in the bedroom. And I still have that vibrator here. Um, If you want to give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. It's a gold diamond-shaped bijou, and it's a blast. Anyway, you want to play and laugh together. I heard about a couple this week that every other Friday night, they trade off the credit card. And that other person on the other, every other, is responsible for going out and buying some sex toys to spark up the relationship. I thought that was a great idea. Uh, If you've got the credit card or the room on your credit card, uh, not a lot of people have that these days. It's a good thing to do. Um, So those are some of the myths about relationships. But, you know, is our generation, is this generation, people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, are they equipped to handle marriages? You know, the number one reason they may not be is because... Uh, sex becomes non-existent. I know I talk about this. I don't want to sound like I'm harping on it, but it's just from what I hear, read, talk to, I talk to thousands of people all the time. Um, and here's somebody on the line who wants the vibrator. Is that Kevin? Yes. Hi, Maureen. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, Kevin. How are you? I'm fantastic tonight. Thank you. Oh, that's great. So you wanted to win the uh, golden bejeweled vibrator. I can't remember the name of it, but it's actually... Uh, that's pretty close, I think. <laughs> Uh, I'm most impressed with uh, last week's uh, episode of uh, Manopause. Oh, were you? Yeah, I was uh, enjoying uh, the conversation while I was ordering Chinese food, and uh, I thought it was very enlightening. Thank Uh, you. Oh, well, you're welcome. Well, thank you so much for the feedback. Feedback is a gift. Well, I do hope you enjoy this little vibrator. Thank you. I have a wonderful woman that I'm going to uh, donate it to. That is so lovely. That's so nice. And you see, that's important in in keeping your relationship happy and healthy and wonderful. And uh, if you can leave your information with Luke, we will leave that here for you probably after Wednesday. Okay. All right. Take care. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. So in marriages today, sex becomes non-existent. And why? We are so connected. to our computers and our technological devices and that there's more sex, I mean, less sex going on in the bedroom than there are connections to uh, devices that you may bring in. And they may not necessarily be those fun devices that I'm suggesting that you bring into the bedroom. Sex connects to individuals and that's why we call it making love and that's really important. Something else in today's world is finances cripple us, and I think anyone who lives here in Vancouver understands that uh, when you are paying, you know, a million, a million and a half, two million, two and a half million dollars for a teardown, um, you you know it's going to be there's going to be no money for any dates or any vacations or 
Um, you know, some people may have a student loan. Uh, the mortgages can be huge today, even though the interest rates are low. And with the low interest rates, the mortgages can be that much bigger. But living expenses, then you add children to the mix. Uh, it's a really expensive proposition. And that strain causes separation between a couple. And it halts you from being able to live life. And you want to be able to live life. And so many people live beyond their means. And that can be a recipe for disaster. There are many things you can do that are less expensive in the world um today uh, we you know I, I talked a little bit about that connection to technology but completely disconnected to our lovers at the same time so you really have to watch that um the desire this is a big one the desire for attention and that's the other thing about social media the desire for attention outweighs the desire to be loved. People spend so much time online. I think, oh, my gosh, they're going on vacation, and they are just snapping photographs left, right, and center. They're snapping photographs of their food, putting it on Facebook, snapping photographs of uh, themselves in the bathroom mirror. They're taking these selfies. Um, I mean, seriously, the entitlement and the uh, the that self-love is just, I mean, I'm all for self-love, no problem, but this is just a little bit too much self-love. I mean, when I talk self-love, I'm talking solo sex there, and that's very good for you and very healthy. But, um, you know, this, everybody's a celebrity today, and there's no room for privacy. There's no respect for privacy. People can post pictures of you and put those on social media, but everybody in the world today is given an opportunity to be famous, and that takes attention away from your marriage uh, or the person who um, means the most to you, supposedly means the most to you. And social media just invited a few thousand people into bed with you. We've thrown that privacy out the window. And everybody's wanting to show off their dates or their husbands or their wives, anyway, husbands or wives, whatever. Um, And they're putting it all over the internet and all these pictures and everyone looks rich happy, healthy, they look like they're having tons of sex. They're not. I mean, people are not happy. I know people who are so over leveraged and yet they're attending all of these events, making them look like, uh, you know, the royal family. Anyway, uh, we really need to get back to basics a little bit uh, so that perhaps marriage can survive. Anyway, uh, we're going to go to break now. When we come back, we're going to wrap this baby up. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. Well, uh, you're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Time to wrap things up. There was something else I wanted to say. We think about cheating. I was talking about can marriage last. Uh, Cheating, of course, is a big issue in a lot of marriages and a lot of relationships today. And I also see a lot of patients in my office who tell me that they've caught their husbands on on uh, social media, any one of the social media sites, messaging or sexting or texting other women and, and a lot of uh, men will tell me the same as well, or they've caught, they found out that their wife was cheating. Men and women cheat equally. Um, but that's not the only way you can cheat. There's emotional affairs you can have. And also having all of these affairs with uh, social media, basically, we're paying so much attention. You grab your phone, you scroll through your notifications as you walk into the shower, you're in the middle of the night making, sending an email or a text message. Um, you're actually, you know, actually not paying attention to your partner and you're putting too much focus on social media. So be aware of that. Uh, Basically, my message is pay attention to the one that you love because you don't want to lose the one that you love. Uh, 
because you don't know what you got till it's gone, baby. Uh, and it's important. It's a very important aspect um, to pay attention and to care and to continue to care. Don't give up because that shows, again, that you don't care. And that person that you love may actually go and try to find love somewhere else. Anyway, um, you can always go to my website, www.backtothebedroom.ca. Follow me on Twitter at back the number two, the bedroom. My blog, back to the bedroom dash blog.ca, or you can go to v dash love.co to read my V Love Diaries about sexuality and intimacy. I am going to tell you next week about my upcoming podcast, and I have some events coming up uh, this fall, of course. I'm going to be a uh, keynote speaker at a couple of new mom and pregnancy and new mom events. So I look forward to those. One's at the Croatian Cultural Center. It's my Bella baby shower. And also we have some menopause events coming up in the fall and a bunch of other surprises for you. So... When you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance until next week. Have a sexually healthy week. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you have been listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show.